Welcome to Emirates Podcast, episode number 92. This is your host, Suman Silwal. This is the year to step outside of your comfort zone, do something you've always wanted to do. Visit emirates.com to listen to our previous podcast episodes, links to our social media channels. I'd like to welcome Julie Weiss to Emirates Podcast. Uh, Julie is well known for uh, running uh, 52 marathons in 52 weeks uh, back in 2013. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing great. How's the weather in Santa Monica, California? Because it's really cold here in, in Alabama, southeast. Oh, you know, it's, it's in the 60s, I'm sorry to say. It's kind of cold for Santa Monica, but um, <laughs> I, I know you would welcome that any day. Definitely. Over there. So I'm sending some sunshine your way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah we, we need sunshine and warm weather. Um, we, okay. We are further in south, but this uh, winter has been really brutal down here. We had some really cold weather. Wow. Well, so, you're tough. You get extra credit for training in all that cold weather. So good I, job. <laughs> I try to stay I try to stay indoor as much as possible, but I have a race coming up next week, so so we'll see how how that'll go. So but looking forward to run January marathon. Hopefully we'll not get snowed out. Last year my okay. first marathon got snowed out, so Oh. Yikes. Well, wear lots of layers. <laughs> Definitely. So let's uh, let's move forward. Uh, Julie, uh, it's been a pleasure to have you here in Emirates Podcast. If you don't know, you can find Julie as a marathon goddess. Let's start from there. Uh, how, how did you get your nickname, Marathon Goddess? Well, actually, I found it on a shirt. I was at an expo and I saw a shirt that said Marathon Goddess. So I'm like, I love that. So I bought the shirt and then um, I went to see if the name was actually taken and it wasn't. So I, I copyrighted, I trademarked the name. And when I started my website, marathongoddess.com, I wanted people to know that it, you know, that it's not just about me. The marathon goddess is just something I love, marathons. So basically, you know, it's whatever your passion is. And my passion is running marathons and I love running. So you can be the goddess of whatever it is you want to be. If it's cooking, dancing, you know, there's <laughs> something, you know, whatever you're passionate for. So I took that um, goddess and just kind of, you know, made it. I just ran with it. <laughs> <if you will. laughs> Definitely. It's like my nickname here is Marathon Runs. And I was just looking for something to put my name and uh, the brand and uh, try to do that. So that's why M Runs is like a marathon run. So that's a lot of time. Yeah, I... perfect. It's just like about em embracing your passion, whatever that is. Definitely. Let's go back a little bit, talk about your passion. Uh, your running running is your passion you just mentioned. Uh, tell us about your running journey. How did you end up running this many marathons? Uh, you have done 100th marathon in 2016. So tell us, uh, how did you end up running this many marathons? Were you a lifetime runner or you just run running came to you later part was, of your life? I was not a lifetime runner. In fact, I was overweight and uh, very, very depressed in about 10 years ago um, in my late 30s. And I was a single mom and I really was just lost. And I got a dog and pretty soon we started running a little bit. I could barely run around the block. And then I decided to start, you know, get healthy. And when I went on a trip to um, Hawaii, I think it was in 2007, I started running and wanted to get healthy and I could barely run. I mean, I would try to run from one lifeguard tower to the next and I'd like fall over, <laughs> gasping, <laughs> gasping for air, right? But um, I, I kept on running. I mean, I love it. When I got home, I didn't need those antidepressants anymore. Some people do need them, but I found that the exercise and the running was uh, now my new new anti antidepressant. And that's when um, my father 
became like so proud of me and the work, the running I was doing. And we didn't have the greatest relationship before I started running. But once I started running, it just brought out the love. And um, so I decided to sign up for my first marathon. I think it was in March of 2008. And I only only started training really, I think I ran my first half marathon in December. So I had like three months of training. But I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to qualify for Boston. I'm going to do all this. And <laughs> You know, I, I ran that marathon and my dad was so proud, and, but I was like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to run a marathon again. But then, of course, you know how it goes. We have to like redeem ourselves and get a better time and do all that. And, um, you know, I was hooked though. I, I had caught that marathon, right, the running bug, if you will. Yeah, that's how it started. You know, that's a great story. Uh, one of the things I like to mention as well, because this that's the around the time when I started running as well, about 2007, 2008. 2008 was my first marathon. So we kind of started on the same. Oh, <laughs> same wow. Day. It looks like, yeah, it's a 10th year for me. Yeah, so, that's awesome. Me too. So I'm ho- hoping to hit my 100th marathon this spring. So we'll, right we'll, on. Congratulations. So. So you, you took on this running running journey. Uh, what was your difficult part for you at the beginning? Uh, uh, looks like uh, as a runner, non-runner to runner, you you had you must have a lot of struggle, like all of us did. Oh yeah, I you know as soon as I had found out about the Boston Marathon, I had made it my mission that I was going to qualify for Boston, and I didn't know how to train. I just thought the more marathons you ran, the faster you're going to get. And so basically, I did all my training at race pace. No clue what I was doing. No clue. I just sometimes didn't even wear a watch. I didn't know what I I was just like, yeah, I'm going to do it. Kind of um, a little ignorant, but I was still having fun. I was still enjoying the marathons, making all these friends. And my my dad was so proud. And he's like, don't worry about it. You're going to qualify. I know you will. Doesn't matter your time. Just keep going. And, um, you know, so I struggled with that. And I uh, finally got to, I think it was about marathon I want to say 16 or 17, just like my second year running. And that's when I finally decided to call a coach. And um, the coach is now my husband, believe it or not, David <laughs> Levine, who, who co-wrote the Complete Idiot's Guide to Marathon Training. And um, I was the complete idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you, you may be the subject of that uh, book or something. <laughs> Yeah, and he was actually working on that book when I called him, so he didn't really have time to help me, but finally he did, and he made me a schedule, and I followed that schedule, and I think I ran my 18th marathon in 2010, and I uh, missed Boston by just two minutes, and I was, you know, I was disappointed, but um, I had a big PR, and then um, the next day, um, my dad was diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer, And that's when I was like, I just devastated, helpless, like my biggest fan. Here he is getting, you know, he he got this diagnosis, which, you know, all I knew at the time was that you don't survive pancreatic cancer. So I was determined, determined to help him beat this disease and that I was going to qualify for Boston. I said, don't worry about it. You're going to beat it. I'm going to qualify. I got another race coming up. You're going to come with me, Sacramento, you know, in six weeks and you're going to see me qualify there. But sadly, just 35 days after his diagnosis, he passed away. Wow. And yeah. And, and 10 days after that, I had that race and anybody would have understood if I didn't run it. But I was like, I'm going to run this race. And um, I qualified that day. And I was when I crossed that finish line, I was pointing to him up in the heavens. I knew that we had done it together. 
and um, I get chills every time I tell that story. I know he was with me. He was the wind at my back, and he still is. So um, after I crossed that finish line in 2010, I knew that I had to do something more. Definitely. Yeah, that's a great story, Julie. That's I'm, I know it's difficult for you to tell that story. I guess every time you tell, it brings the memory back. At the same time, that's your motivation. Sounds like uh, he motivated you to go to take that speed and qualify for Boston. So, <sighs> Yeah, definitely. He was my biggest fan. And I, I, I know something in the stars that day, you know, he was just like, he helped me. Definitely. It was like the perfect day, you know, where all the stars line up and you sleep great and you feel amazing and nothing's going to stop you. And that's kind of how it was when I decided to do the um, when I had that crazy idea. I'm like, okay, I'm going to run 52 marathons in 52 weeks. I woke up one morning with that idea. I'm like, I think I can do that. Um, I don't know how. Uh, (laughs) So but, you know, during that journey, um, I know he was with me. Definitely. Yeah. We'll talk about that a little bit uh, later on. Um, talking about uh, pancreatic cancer, your running passion leading to the helping and supporting pancreatic cancer. Tell us about what is pancreatic cancer and how how does it affect uh, people. Uh, before we go talk about more into the 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 side that you help to raise funds and stuff. Well, yeah, there's there's a lot of um, things that we don't know about pancreatic cancer, which is why. It's so important to get the money to fund this disease. There's a lot of different um, strains of it. You know, some are genetic, some are, it, it's very, very difficult to diagnose, which is why so many people die so quickly because by the time that it's discovered, it's too late. It's already spread, like my dad. Um, when I started the running, it was uh, 5% of people survive after five years and now it's up to nine so doing a little better but um, you know it's very very hard to detect Uh, there are some tests right now for early detection that are in clinical trials but nothing on the market so it's very important that we get the funding and the awareness out to raise money for the cure because this is just unacceptable. I mean, people are getting diagnosed and passing away within most of the time. It's within a year. If you're lucky and they catch it early, you can get um, what they call a Whipple. It's a procedure where they remove your pancreas and basically rewire your digestive system. And it's, you know, it's difficult to live with that as well. But you do have a better chance of survival when they catch it early. Definitely. So I was just going to say I'm working with some wonderful, wonderful organizations who are on the uh, cutting edge of finding that cure and also helping patients who are um, battling it now. Definitely. Sounds like you're doing a great job on, on that. Tell us about uh, your crazy idea. Let's go go to that one, uh, running 52 <laughs> weeks for supporting this great cause. Uh, we runners always like to find a cause, a reason to run. I do run for a couple of causes here. I definitely like to learn a little bit of how can we as a runner uh, find our cause and use our running to help others. Well, that's a that's a great question. I mean, when I when I did have that crazy idea, I don't know where it came from. It was just like, wow, this is something that um, just some huge inspiration for me. But a lot of people do ask me, you know, I want to run for something. I want to, you know, make the world a better place. And honestly, I have to tell you, when you do that, as you know, your running takes on a whole new meaning. You know, it's no longer about you or just your time or, you know, it, it, it's for you're running for other people for other causes 
those foundations, you're running to uh, make the world a better place. And what I did when I was running these 52 marathons is I would dedicate each race to somebody affected by pancreatic cancer. And that was awesome because I met so many people along the way and received so many emails from people who wanted, you know, their loved one um, to be recognized and bring bring a face to pancreatic cancer. So it just brought me closer to these people on the front lines battling this, you know, this disease and um, some who've lost their loved ones. And sometimes I would actually run the marathon or the last mile with survivors. And that's truly awesome to be able to do that. And you know, they'll meet me at the finish line and we'll run across together. And uh, it's just it just takes on this whole new meaning. It's really awesome. So if there's something that you're passionate about, something that you love or something that you really care about, uh, you know, Google foundations out there that that something that's close to your heart and, um, you know, run for a cause. It's a great thing. I mean, the world needs people out there doing doing things to make this place better. Definitely. Because that way we can use our ability to help others. Uh, that's always always a great reason, great cause. Not only health reason we will run, but but help others. Yeah, and it's inspiring. It inspires a whole whole millions of people that you'll probably even never know you inspired, but they'll hear about your story and they'll see what you're doing, and then they'll do something as well. Inspiration is contagious. It's awesome. Definitely. I mean, it looks like it has been a four years since you completed that journey. Uh, so tell us about uh, what uh, what was the hardest part of your journey uh, as as you went through that uh, 52 weeks of running marathons weeks at, week after week. Well, my my love for running and my love for my dad is, is so strong that that honestly was the easiest part. Getting to the marathon itself was the hardest part because I was not only um, running these marathons week to week, but I was also working full time. So I would work, um, leave my office on a Friday or leave home on Saturday and travel to a different state, city, country, uh, run the marathon on Sunday and get right back on the plane and fly home so I could be back at work on Monday morning. So I did that for an entire year. <laughs> so that was <laughs> that. And, you know, I had to go through some like Superstorm Sandy, you know, arriving in New York and having the marathon be canceled and then finding another marathon and uh, flying back home and, <laughs> you know, it was, it was wild. It was, but I, I did it and I, I, it's hard to believe that like I didn't get injured, you know, the entire time I was just like full of energy and full of love and just kept going. And I know it's because of the people that I was running for, but, but there were some races that were tough, like Leadville marathon, uh, 13,000 feet elevation, um, I had done the Tahoe triple, which is three marathons in three days. I'd never done a marathon like, you know, like a double or a triple, let alone a triple. But yeah, it's just, just that will and determination to keep going and never give up. If you have to walk, it's okay. You know, this is not about your time. This is about, you know, this is about raising awareness and, uh, showing people that also, if they want to do something amazing, you, you know, there's hope. Like if there's people out there that are sitting on the couch wondering, I wonder if I could do something like that. It's like, yes, of course you can. You know, look at me. I was 38 years old, overweight and depressed. And, and um, I turned my life around. And it just takes one small step and make a plan and do something every day towards that goal. And it's, it's possible. Definitely. Uh, let's talk about a little bit about uh, finding that that passion. I mean, you know, you're so passionate about your running, and then finding then then fighting the pancreatic cancer. Tell tell us about what brings that deep inside you. What brought that passion to you? I have to say, love. I you know when when you find something that you love 
doing. And more importantly, when you do it for somebody or something that you love, that's where the miracles happen. So you're out there doing something you love. It doesn't even feel like work anymore at that point. And you're doing it for somebody. That's what got me through it. And that's what brought my passion out. The running was, you know, I didn't really find my groove until I was 37, 38 years old. I was lost as a young mom, single mom. I didn't really have any passions. And it, it wasn't just my dad, but it was the running that I, I found that I, lo- I loved it. And I, I became a, um, a pace leader for a running group and people were telling me oh you're so inspiring I'm like I am (laughs) (laughs) like you're talking to me like really and you know I just kind of found my groove so you'll find something that passion when you passion is energy when you when you're going through life and you're you're kind of trying different things and you see what gives you energy if it's running if it's dancing whatever it is you'll see you'll you'll feel that you'll feel like your whole body kind of like smile and you'll know that this is something you love and you'll and just, you know, make it turn it into something great. Be passionate about it. Be exciting. Be enthusiastic. Definitely. Uh, yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, it, it, a lot of a lot of things can happen. Like you said, it, it can be contagious. Uh, other people see you and then they try to do things uh, for themselves as well. I've seen that around me and uh, people think people say that I'm I'm inspiring. But like you like you, I was like, oh, I'm just doing my stuff. So. <laughs> so right, right. It's true. It's like we have no idea. You know, we're just doing what we love. And it's all of a sudden we're like, hey, you know, I follow you. You're like, you do? <laughs> You've been following <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's awesome. And then you meet these wonderful people who, who are on a similar. I mean, we're all in this running journey together. We're all runners. We get it. You know, we know that we all want to be in better shape or get a better time or do whatever. But uh, I think... It's also important to freaking enjoy the journey, you know, don't just get ahead of yourself like, oh, I have to get this time. Don't get down on yourself. You know, um, there's going to be good days. There's going to be bad days, but keep doing what you can do to have more good days than bad. And then you'll be on the right track. Definitely. One of the my code after Pinhody 100 I did recently in November is like keep moving forward. That's a, that's yeah. a, that's a, it's just it's an amazing thing can happen. And uh, when you come through lowest to the low and then try to bring you to the highest to the high and it just sometimes that highest to high is not going to come back and not come to you at all. So it take you a couple of days afterward maybe. <laughs> that's true. And just don't give up. Yeah. Yep. Just yeah. Don't it, give up. It's easy. No and definitely think about us. Uh, we started in 2008, 2009, uh, 2007, 2008. Uh, if we would have given up, you know, I don't know where, where we would have been because the running has changed my life like yours. Uh, I, my life revolves around running. Uh, everything is running. And my recently, my older daughter mentioned that every cloth that I wear is a running cloth. So. <laughs> nice. Before, I love it. Uh, beyond beyond my work clothes, uh, most of my clothes are running clothes. That's all I wear: t-shirts, to whatever I do, buckles, to you know all these things. Uh, so so definitely um, with, with the running and it it you know it generated a lot of lot of different things in my life. So traveling as well. So talk about your journey. Uh, tell us about what you do now. What is your running well, like? Because I have not followed you for such a long time. Well, thank you for asking. I've been working on the book. It's been five years in the making, but it's going to be so good. And we're hoping that it's going to come out this year in 2018. Uh, right now, the title is working title, 52 Marathons, 52 Weeks, My Unforgettable Year as the Marathon Goddess. Um, but that could change. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, But the book is about the journey from before I started running to after and um, all the trials and tribulations 
along the way and also kind of a how-to for other people who want to do something um, because I believe we can all do something good to make the world a better place. And so I'm working with an amazing uh, co-writer. His name is John Hans, and he's a writer for Runner's World. And uh, so I'm very fortunate to be working with him. And maybe some of you have seen The Spirit of the Marathon 2. That movie came out in 2013 as well. So we have some behind the scenes from that. If you haven't seen it, it's on, I believe it's available on iTunes, Netflix, Amazon, um, it's by the same producer as yeah. Boston, Boston, John Dunham, okay. mm-hmm. gotcha. and director. Gwendolyn Twist did Spirit 1 and Spirit 2, and uh, John Dunham went on to do Boston, which was just released couple months ago definitely i think after this interview i'm gonna go look for that uh, spirit of i've seen the first first one i have not seen the second one yeah all good movies very inspiring and i was fortunate enough to be one of the seven runners in the second movie the one who'd never stopped talking while I'm running <laughs> <laughs> don't be all yeah yeah well when i when i'm racing i'm not talk. i don't talk but when i'm pacing i'm talking yeah i don't let anywhere talk so Yeah, that's usually. Yeah, that's right. We had mixed reviews on that because people are like, "How can she be talking when she's running?" And it's like, you know what? I had a camera on me for 26.2 miles. <laughs> okay, it'd be really boring if I wasn't talking. Yeah, if you and, just want to, you see me run yeah. and just <laughs> I'll post a video. Plus, you want to have some fun along the way. That's what my husband always says. Rule number one is have fun. And uh, rule number two, if you're not having fun, he says, go back and find out why and. Do it. <laughs> Do it right. <laughs> have some fun along the way. Yeah. So I have a mixed review on that one, though. Uh, some races I have fun, and like I said, when I'm paced, I'm just all about fun. When I'm racing, I'm just trying to get there. So it's a little different. I hear you. I get it. I totally get it. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about uh, your book. Uh, 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 tell us about that. Was it difficult for you to be an author from a from a runner to author this, that transition you're trying to make? Uh, a hundred percent difficult. Okay. Cause I, I do like to write, but I'm not a professional writer. So I've had my own, um, you know, it's like a marathon writing this book. It's actually harder, <laughs> you know, cause you, you, you want it to be great. And, um, there's, I just, there's certain things that I'm really good at and there's certain things that I'm not. So I hire professionals to do the things that I'm not great at, like, um, writing, <laughs> you know, I'm good. So we wrote it together and now it's going to be fantastic. So, you know, everything in life is sometimes, uh, there's, there's challenges and, um, you know, your strengths, you know, your weaknesses. And uh, if you need help, you reach out and you get it. And so I did. And I kind of visualized it. And I found out I found the best writer that I could possibly get for this book. And it's going to be amazing. It's so good. I mean, I foresee a, a movie and a New York Times number one bestseller. So hold on to your hats. <laughs> it's going to be good. Looking forward to your listening to your book. I'm hoping it's going to be an audio. I'm usually listening to some of the books. Uh, yeah, so do I. Right. Yeah, we'll have to do an audible as well. But right now we're just um, we're we're shopping it, and um, I think it'll. I think. Hoping for the release at the end of 18. I think this is our year. Definitely. Uh, and we runners like to have a goal, and, and crossing <laughs> that finish line is always important. Absolutely. So talking about your running, um, so what do you do on the running side, other than writing a book, which is another crazy idea, I think. But um, but tell us about it. you have any big crazy idea you, ha- you had last couple of years or this year, 2018. I do. That's so funny you ask. Um, I mean, right now, I'm training for the LA marathon. I kind of just got my mojo back and it's just in time because it's 
two months to go. But when the um, when the book comes out, my my crazy my new crazy idea is to do a book tour by running across the country and stopping along at running stores and bookstores along the way if there's any left bookstores. But we could stop at running stores and you know do book signings. So I would start in New York. And I would finish in L.A. That's my dream at the L.A. Marathon. And we'll see how that happens, how that goes. <laughs> if you decide to come down south a little bit uh, in Alabama, we'll, we'll, we'll have people, have to, to. Uh, we'll have people yeah. to run with you. So I have to. I'll be like the Forrest Gump girl. <laughs> <laughs> Marathon goddess, coast to coast run. I don't know what we're going to call it yet. But I, I, can, I, I pictured that happening as well. That would be a cool way to do a book tour. That'll be a different way to do a book tour. Yeah, and it's you know a great way to raise more awareness for the cause. And uh, I just have to be careful of the winter weather, right? Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> summer so. weather, winter weather. You got to figure out. Uh, we have recently a a guy who's who's gone going through from all the way from India and going around the world tour in the bicycle. So he he's always wow. he has always talked about the weather, how he wanted to he wanted to get off from the north northeast uh, uh you know this area as quickly as possible winter weather because of the winters coming in. So Yeah, that's it, it's um it'll take some I'll I'll have to get a team of some good navigators to to help me on that on that tour, but um I can I can make that happen and I, I think it's going to be a win-win because we'll raise a ton of awareness and funds for pancreatic cancer along the way. Um, I, I'll just be sad because I'll be away from, I have a little grandbaby now. I'm a young grandma. She's <laughs> <laughs> so, only two. I'd be sad. I'll have to bring her along somehow. Definitely. Looking forward to your book tour running. So, so dream big, people. Dream big. Anything <laughs> is possible. It really is. It really so, is. We also want to do a podcast like you. So... So do the podcast along the way or, or you start Something the like that. But, you know, my, my husband is a uh, coach. He has a uh, training group called USA Marathon Training, and he's a level two track and field and triathlon coach. So he has a lot of knowledge that, you know, people would benefit from. And I have the inspiration. So together we make a really good team to, to get some kind of podcast going. Yeah, definitely. Let me know. I can always help. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm here. Stay tuned. Yeah, stay Thank tuned. Uh, stay tuned for that one, that podcast coming in. So it'll be great podcast, it sounds like. Uh, tell us about that as you as you move forward on, on this uh, on this journey, um, running and, and helping others. Give us a, some, some insight into how we can... Uh, add the value to the uh, to the foundation. We talked about raising funds. Sometimes we run for something and then we send money and then we never hear from uh, the foundation or anything like that. Uh, how, how does it work uh, having direct connection and, and uh, doing the work, you know, raising funds and, and uh, work running for others? How, how do you try to manage those, uh, those things so that you can continually run for like what you have done? Uh, so people like People are lo- listening. They wanted to help, but like like I said, how do you find people or proper organization that they can help? I think that's the point I, I was going to ask. How how was? Yeah, great question. There are um, there are many different organizations out there, and I understand where people donate and they don't know what's happening with their money or if it's even doing anything. But um, and I'm very careful in the organizations that I do support because. You want to make sure that your funds are going towards that cure and you want to make sure their administrative costs are very low so that your money is going to the people 
that need the help and not going to pay rent and salaries and all that. Of course, there is a, a portion that is allowable for that. But there's also other ways you can get involved by volunteering. And um, one of the one of the charities uh, is a running charity like Project Purple, and their motto is running to beat pancreatic cancer. And they have three different divisions. One is patient support. One is um, research and one is scholarships for for kids that are affected, like their parents or something, have pancreatic cancer, and they will actually, you know, give you the money to continue your education. Or with the other um, patient support, they will give the money directly to the patients who are suffering and can't pay their bills because they have to pay for this stupid chemo that they're on. You know, um, <sighs> hopefully it's helping them stay alive. But, you know, who needs the extra stress when you're you're going through that kind of thing, you know? So so that's a wonderful organization. Uh, the Hirschberg Foundation al- also does that, and they are an official training program for a team for the L.A. Marathon. And um, every time I run L.A., I run with them, and, and they do the same type of thing. And their their research is not only here in UCLA, but all over the all over the country. And they're doing uh, they're on the cutting edge of finding the cure. I mean, they just recently come out came out with something great that's too hard for me to explain. But if you follow along and go on their websites like HirschbergFoundation.org, I believe ProjectPurple.org, and and look and see what they're doing. And you can follow their progress and you can see where all your money is going. So you will be happy and proud of every single dollar that you donate and every step along the way. And you know that your donations are tax deductible as well. Um, you can find information on those um, on those foundations on my website, marathongoddess.com. So everything that you donate through my website goes directly to them. And you can do the same thing. You know, if there's another organization or, or something you're passionate about, just make sure you, you follow or become a volunteer or an advocate for it. And so that you know, and you're on the front lines. So you know what's going on and you know what's happening with your money. Definitely. That's important uh, because, uh, like I mentioned, there's hundreds and hundreds of organizations that we can support. You know, we there's always limited time or money people can give or we can run. So that's important that our money, we would like to go as far as possible. I have some of the foundation I support uh, is uh, Run for Nepal after after the earthquake in Nepal. That's where I'm originally from. Um, that's uh, I, I support that. I run every year 12 hours for Nepal. And then last year I started running for a culture city. They deal with uh, autism or awareness, and so I actually ran Big Sur last year. Uh, a lot of runners may not know raising fund. You know, sometimes we look at it and say, "Oh man, I gotta get the money." And sometimes there's a, a minimum amount we have to raise. Those kind of things. Uh, how do you, uh, you know, you from from your experience, how do you deal with those? I mean, you may not have done those kind of things, but a lot of time when we run races, we definitely need to raise minimum amount or some some you right. Know, well, I have to say, on your first time out running for a charity, it's much easier than where I'm at because, you know, it's like, oh, there she is again. She's still raising money, but we already gave to her. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's more, a little more difficult for me to, um, you know, get donations on social media and things like that because people are like, um, okay, we've already gave. <laughs> but if, if you're somebody who's starting out, and you've got a minimum fundraising goal. There are so many ways you can raise money. Um, I would go to your employer. Um, sometimes they do matching. There are, um, you know, you can do fundraisers. You can get you can get your local restaurants and hairdressers and places like that to donate something. You could hold your own little like mini auction, and um, p- you know, people are 
so happy to help, especially with products. So that way, if you have a product, you can say, hey, $20 donation, and I'll, I'll send you, you know, a whatever, a gift certificate for this place or something like that. People do like to get stuff in return. But um, reach out to your family, reach out to your friends. And when you're a first time charity runner out there, they're going to help you 100%. Just be confident. And um, don't let yourself get down if people say no, or you don't see the money coming in. I mean, seriously, for like the first half of my 52, I was like, what am I doing? Like, I'm like, get it, like nothing is happening here. You know, the meter is not even moving. But um, all of a sudden, it started to pick up momentum. And then it started, you know, it started to basically take on a life of, of its own. And that's what will happen if you keep going. Build a Facebook page, you know, uh, you know, start a new Facebook page on, on whatever your cause is and uh, draw people or an Instagram account and draw people's attention to social media is huge these days. And, um, you know, just don't get discouraged because there will be sometimes that there's nothing like a month or two will go by and you'll get like 10 bucks. But, <laughs> but, but do remember that every dollar counts doesn't mm -hmm. matter if it's $1 or it's a million dollars. Every dollar counts. Stay positive. That's huge. You, you need to stay positive and, and know that it's it's going to happen. Just visualize it and make a plan and go for it. It'll happen. Just keep going. Definitely. Uh, that's one thing you, you mentioned about. Uh, someday you get $10 or, or get no no money at all. And then, then suddenly uh, things are start pouring and you try and try and try. It's like that's what happened last year. I was like, oh, well, I'm getting into this thing, so then, then I know what I, my my cause, and um, so I just continued on, pressed on. So kind of things yeah. worked worked well. And, so, and then the same thing for running 12 hours, and you know, sometimes I get a good uh, good donation. Sometimes it uh, it doesn't go do good. So with this kind of things, I'm start, start getting more people to get involved as well. That's one of the other thing I'm doing is getting more people, like running 12 hours, and getting more people to see if they will run for the cause that I'm running. And together we raise the funds. So exactly, there you go. You can a team, a team of like four to any more than whatever. A, you know, you can do better together. That's a great idea. Yeah, like you said, there's you got to be creative, and some people are good at it, and some people are not. So I know, I know, it's a challenge, but but stay positive and look for you know for ways and get connected with people who have the same um, beliefs as you or who have been affected. You know, I. I reached out to people all the time who have been affected by pancreatic cancer so they understand you know they're more willing to support it because they know definitely. There's, there's ways find a way <laughs> don't give up <laughs> definitely there's always a way so talk about that let's uh let's uh, bring back our interview to uh more your personal uh running running goals and let's talk about that uh, i used to call sprint round and lately i have not done that Are you ready for sprint round julie I Sure, bring it on. <laughs> so what kind of a GPS device do you use? I have a Garmin 7-something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Garmin. With a purple wristband. Yeah, Garmin always helps. Uh, so for your uh, uh, journey, uh, when you did 52 marathons in 52 weeks, uh, what kind of shoes uh, do, you, do you use? I mean, running that many miles and... Um, uh, the week after week, uh, you probably had to change uh, different type of shoes. Yeah. Am I supposed to answer these fast? Is this like a sprint or a marathon? Uh, the, <laughs> we, we can do marathon pace. <laughs> okay. Um, no, I was so grateful to ASICS because I reached out to them and they actually um, they supplied me with shoes. I actually went through 12 pairs of purple ASICS at the time and I probably didn't need 12 pairs, but it was always nice 
to have a new pair of shoes uh, every month or change them around because of all those miles I was putting on my feet. Twelve oh, pairs. Twelve pairs. Oh, mm -hmm. I mean, that, that's a quite a quite a quite a bit of them. So that's... I don't think I needed twelve. Pairs. <laughs> <laughs> <I like> them. <laughs> Do you still have some of those from that day or? No, I, I don't. I, I donated them. Yeah, yeah definitely. If someone offered me money for them. I was like, yeah, no, that's yeah. not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could have raised some fun over there. I could, you know, I could have, but it just seemed weird. <laughs> I could have. You're right. I could have said, you know, fifty bucks donation. Okay, and I'll send you my shoes. But that just sounded weird. Her <laughs> <laughs> yeah, socks. Yeah, Ooh, uh, socks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually did get a request. Okay. Anyway, uh, <laughs> on this journey that you went through, or, or any any time you run a marathon, would you like hilly course, uh, rolling hills, or downhills? Downhill. downhill. Uh, All you, the downhill. What is your favorite downhill race? Uh, a really good downhill one was obviously the Revel. I haven't done. There's a few other Revel ones that I want to do, but if you're going to go up a mountain, you got to come down. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm a good downhill runner. A lot of people are not, but um, I want to try Mount Charleston. I hear that's a really fast course. It's yeah. like in Vegas in April. Ah, oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, I heard that it's a really good race. So it's yeah. smooth downhill. Nothing like, like automatic ten minutes off. You're <laughs> <laughs> I need to try some of those or their races, um, but definitely talk about that. Tell us about uh, what kind of training do you use? Uh, you know, fifty-two weeks. Uh, there was a lot of running and uh, and a lot of races. You still run, and so tell us about what kind of training do you use? I mean, I, I oh. know. Well, for the 52 marathons, I actually, you, you, I mean, you don't train for that. You train for one marathon and you hope for the best, <laughs> you know, really and truly. I had to slow down my pace by about an hour. I was a four-hour marathoner, but I had to I had to slow it way down so I didn't get injured. And uh, thankfully, my husband's a coach, so he helped me with that. There was no running in between uh, the weeks. I would just have to, you know, basically get recover and get ready for the next one. But now um, I would love to qualify for Boston again. Wouldn't, doesn't everybody want to qualify for Boston? Uh, definitely. That's what I'm right? chasing right this moment. So so I, I'm going to try something. I'm actually going to try listening to my husband. I think he's listening to me in the other room. I'm actually going to try listening and sticking to his training plan and show people that it can work. And then we'll um, we'll get him out there into the public. Definitely. The Boston bound training guide. So I'm going to start that. He's made me a schedule, and I'm going to follow that um, and show people that it can work. Um, and the, the thing is, is that a lot of people don't get, I think, is the, the um, you know, the easy pace that you've got to do in order to build your base up so you can get faster are not going slow enough. As a trail runner, I go slow enough. So I've slowed down so much. I'm having a hard time to qualify these days to for Boston. So Yeah, but you know what I mean. Yeah, so, you definitely. know, you do the eighty twenty. Yeah, you don't 80, you don't go right. fast all the time. Definitely. Yeah. For road running, yeah. But one other thing I've learned uh, from uh, twenty seventeen, I have not qualified for Boston since twenty fifteen that you know, you cannot show up and race things that you can just gonna race it through. It's it's not gonna work. So so <laughs> you gotta train. So like Yeah, the, I know. I didn't realize that it took me 19 times to realize that and now it's like i'm starting over but that's okay we all got to start from somewhere definitely and i'm i'm still doing that that's a separate story altogether. so i run as fast as i can as far as i can and see what happens if i can hold oh, on no. <laughs> you gotta um check out usa marathon training yeah I'll, I'll definitely need to do that. I need to, okay. I, need to I need to put some marathon training uh but but uh, but definitely this summer i need USA to say marathon training.com 
No, we'll, You're we'll, welcome, David. We'll, 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 we'll look at that, usamerifarmtraining.com. Okay. So tell us one thing I was going to ask you um, between this uh, week after week uh, running. What's, what kind of recovery did you use? I um, brought my roller with me everywhere, you know, the, the foam roller, uh-huh. even on the airplanes. Um, I would uh, do protein shakes uh, immediately after the race. Um, I was using Vega at the time because um, I'm a, you know, I do mostly uh, vegan, um, but it was really hard uh, when I was traveling so much because there's all that junk food in the airports, you know, and you're like, oh, just give me the French fries and the pizza, you know. <laughs> Definitely. Um, but uh, recovery was just um, as much protein as I could. I think it's 70 grams of protein I needed a day. Um, it's like half your weight, and I just gave away my weight, and that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> for a woman, for a woman. I don't know what it is for a man, but I, I needed a lot of protein to recover, and um, a lot of sleep um, was huge. I had no social life, but that was okay. Um, social life was at the marathon. Exactly, from and, the race to race. Yeah, so it was just just a lot of uh, recovery, um, just getting to bed early, and um, I did weight training once a week, or mostly stretching. And um, I don't know how I did it without getting injured. I had a few aches and pains along the way, but they kind of magically disappeared. <laughs> <It's> so weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it happens to me a lot. So the common goes. So. Yeah. It's just stay positive and they'll go away. Don't give too much energy to it because if you do. But you do have to listen to your body. If something hurts, you need to stop. Definitely. Fix it. Heal, heal first, train second. Definitely. Or walk. That's uh-huh. that's one of my new thing lately. Just walk. Yeah, it's fine. Four miles per hour. Yeah. That's what I'm training for. That, that's my 100-mile pace. So, so. Oh, good. Good so for if, you. If, if I can run four miles, walk four miles per hour just in training. I can do amazing things. That's the message for some of you listening out there who are ultra marathoners. So, but anyway, uh, talk about uh, the races you have done so far. You, you said that uh, what is hundred more than hundred marathons you have done now. Uh, tell us about one favorite race that you have done. What is your favorite race? Well, I, I'm biased because I love the LA Marathon. I love it. It was my first marathon. Um, it was where I finished the 52 in 52 weeks. Um, I got engaged there. <laughs> the finish line and I ran my 100th marathon there and um, you know it's just really fun it's not the best course to PR on but you can it's just a really fun race like a tour of Los Angeles um, so that one is coming up on March 18th I love the Marine Corps marathon it's so inspirational um, everyone should do that race I don't know if you've done it in Washington DC I have done it a couple of times okay it's so you know. And then all the races in Hawaii. Love the Kona Marathon. Um, just the, the Aloha Spirit, the, the Kauai Marathon. Um, it's really like when you run a marathon in Hawaii, uh, I think it was Bart Yasa that says, no matter how bad your race was, when you finish, you're in Hawaii. So you're good. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. I need to do Hawaii. I got to go run some Hawaii soon. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Come for the uh, the Kona Marathon. That's uh, June 24th, their 25th anniversary. June 24th. Or sounds like yeah, around, beautiful, beautiful race. Sounds like my birthday. I just put a note on it. So there you go. Awesome. <laughs> but, I got a discount code for you too. Definitely, you send it through. So, well, how to look at it? But tell us uh, about uh, LA Marathon. I've heard so much. I would like to come run LA probably. That's the same week I do 100 miler, uh, Lake Martin 100. But but I've, when I'm finished running that 100, definitely like to come to LA. So. 
Okay, but not in the same weekend, right? No. <laughs> no okay, you're gonna do 126.2. No, <laughs> no the, it, it's not gonna happen. It's not enough time. So. Okay. So, so well, when I when I stop running at, at Lake Martin 100, I will think about yeah, running. Good. Check you out. Okay, so the LA Marathon is uh, friggin' amazing. It starts at the Dodger Stadium. And it, it goes around uh, downtown L.A. for about six miles, which you have to take really slow because it's very hilly in the beginning. And then you get up on um, Hollywood Boulevard. You run past. I'm looking at a picture of it right now, so I can tell you exactly where it goes. <laughs> you go by the Capitol Records building down Hollywood Boulevard, Walk of Fame. You've got the, the Man's Chinese Theater. Um, and then you go into Beverly Hills, Rodeo Drive. You can do some shopping. No. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then you come around and up to uh, Brentwood, which is where I work. I work on like mile 20-ish. So this is my training grounds. And, and once you hit Brentwood, you're about six miles from the finish line, which um, you start uh, – it's a little downhill as soon as you pass like mile 23, I want to say. And then you're running into cooler weather. So you, you finish uh, – you turn the corner on Ocean Avenue and you see the, the ocean and, you know, you're home. And I actually live in Santa Monica, so it's nice for me. It's like I'm running home. Um, but <laughs> You could you just run from the stadium to the sea. That's what they call it, and um, it's like you're on a tour of Los Angeles. It's really fun, so I would recommend this for everybody to come check it out. Definitely, I need to run that race soon. So one of this one of the sea years. Okay. Yes. Tell us about um, all these races you have done. In you have any ultra distance races, trail races? You want to do that, or any race you haven't run and you would like to run? I think the only ultra marathon that David and I ever talked about possibly running would be the uh, Comrades. Yeah, uh, that one intrigues us both, and uh, maybe we'll do that one someday. But what is that, about 56 miles? Yeah, it depends. Yeah, it's 56 miles. And if you decide to do Comrade, let me know. Um, okay. I, it's, it's in my list. Or, so. All right, yeah, that, that's the only one that actually is kind of intrigues me. The other ones are just like... You know, anything over 26.2 miles right now, I'm just like, why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a totally different mentality beyond 26. <laughs> yeah, well, I have a lot of miles already on my body. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to pick and choose the ones very, very carefully that I want to do now. Yeah. And so just do do what I love. Definitely. Um. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for me, it's uh, these days of running a marathon finishes so quickly, even in a five hours versus 13 hours, 20 hours, 25 hours, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. So. Um, another thing that inspires me um, is, you know, the Ironman. And uh, in fact, I just went and saw my friend compete over there in October in Kona, the world championship. And this guy's amazing. His name is Mike Levine. You should look him up. He's uh, battling stage, he's not battling. I should say he's surviving stage four pancreatic cancer, and and he um, he got a slot at the Kona Ironman, and he was out there. And I mean, seriously, you talk about inspiring. <laughs> this guy is amazing. So um, that was just incredible to see that and to see the finish. I don't know if you've ever done an Ironman, but uh, it, that seems to be calling as well. One sprint uh, triathlon was enough for me. So. Okay, got it. I uh, stayed. <laughs> Stayed with the uh, running part of the triathlon, so I uh, done. Yeah, I was like feeling like a slacker after seeing these guys uh, swim 2.4 miles, bike 112, and then do a marathon. I'm like, wait, I'm just doing a marathon, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, you, you, yeah, I can do. I do all three, but I just 
don't like to do in a, in a race in a setting. Like I said, the only one was enough for me. So I got it. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. Whatever yeah. it is you love, just yeah. do that. Definitely. Uh, Julie, it has been really pleasure to talk to you, uh, listen listen to you, learn a lot of things about different things you do, uh, especially supporting the great cause, uh, pancreatic cancer that you support, uh, great listen, and also your journey, 52 marathons in 52 weeks. And also, we're excited that your new book will be published sometime this year, 2018, looking forward for that, and maybe your great book tour. So it'll be a great pleasure to have you here. Hopefully you can tour through Alabama. And uh, so before we close our interview, I just want you to give a word of advice to all our listeners. Uh, go beyond running. Find the cause to run. Uh, give us a word of advice. I'm going to say this is the year to step outside of your comfort zone. Do something you've always wanted to do. Uh, make a plan and, and go for it. I mean, if I can do it, so can you. We can all do something amazing to make the world a better place. So just keep going. Don't give up. Remember your why and have fun along the way. Definitely. Make it amazing. That sounds like a great word of advice, Julie. Uh, it, it has been a pleasure and uh, looking forward to uh, following your journey. Uh, if if uh, if our listener wants to follow your journey, where, where can they find you? I am on uh, MarathonGoddess.com and I'm Marathon Goddess on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. And uh, keep an eye out for the book, for the podcast. Uh, we've got running advice and the, the journey to the qualifying for Boston again, because we can all, like I said, if I can do it, so can you. Definitely. And I always say, we got this. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. We got this together. So. Right. Thank you. And thanks for your time. Thank you. Happy New Year. Have a great one. And I'll see you in Alabama. Happy New Year. And see you in Alabama. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Emruns Podcast. Please visit emruns.com to listen to previous podcast shows, links to our social media channels. Please follow Marathon Runs on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube for recent updates, race photos, discount codes, and more.